This episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked on Rooms. Spotify Greenroom, it's changing the way we talk sports. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. Today is Tuesday, August 31st, 2021. I, of course, am your host, Dan Wilson. And a lot to get to today. Of course, there was last night's game down in Nationals Park. We'll recap that. We will preview tonight's game uh, in our final segment against the Nationals, game two of a three-game series, and quite the pitching matchup, Matt Moore versus Patrick Corbin. Not exactly two studs going on the mound, so we'll get to all of that. But I did want to start out talking about last night's game and the main takeaway I had from last night's game. And this kind of sticks to the theme that I laid out the other day about the Phillies offense being absolutely necessary. It's absolutely necessary that the Phillies offense comes through if the Phillies are going to make a run at either this division title or a playoff spot as a whole. I know the wild card is still in play at this point. As teams woke up today, the Phillies just three games out of that wild card spot. Um, a few t- more teams to jump. I still think the better play uh, is to try and really attack hard at this division. They, of course, have a few games left down in Atlanta against the Braves head up, and it guarantees that you're not stuck in like a one-game playoff against the Dodgers, a game that I would not love the Phillies' chances in, to say the least. So you're three and a half games behind the Braves as of right now. Of course, the Dodgers did help you out in the case of last night. They beat up on the Braves. Uh, some late-night baseball here uh for Phillies fans this week, especially if the Phillies win again tonight and on Wednesday and you have access to either MLB TV or another way of watching it. In the case of Monday night's game, Dodgers and Braves were actually on ESPN. So I stayed up late to watch that and watch the Phillies climb another half game closer after already winning their game. And it feels like I'm scoreboard watching and it's nice to know that the Phillies are still in it, not exactly getting roped back in emotionally, I still don't have a strong belief that this team will make the playoffs, but they they are in it. And this is the final day of August we're sitting here. And they still have a legitimate mathematical chance to make the playoffs. And while the personnel certainly doesn't look strong, and we'll get to uh, tonight's lineup in a second, because not exactly one of the stronger lineups that Joe Girardi has put out uh, so far this season. While I do blame Joe Girardi for a number of things or have blamed Joe Girardi for a number of things this season. This is not on Joe Girardi. You got guys on the COVID list, the paternity list. You got guys just flat out injured. Um, So today's lineup, not exactly filled with household names, but the theme that I took away from last night's game is the Phillies scored seven runs for exactly seven runs, by the way, for the fifth time in a row, which is a very odd streak they have going here. It's that When this Phillies offense scores runs with this team as it's currently constructed, when this team finds ways to put together competitive at-bats, wear down the opposing team's starting pitcher, get into the other team's bullpen, in the case of the Washington Nationals, not a strong bullpen, they weren't going up against the strongest of starters last night in Josiah Gray, and he's only able to go four innings. He allows six runs in the start. The Phillies get seven, while things still got a little bit interesting, as they always seem to, late in the game, and it never you never really feel confident in this team's ability to win a game until the final out is recorded. This team scores seven runs, and for the fifth night in a row, four of those games, they now have a four-game winning streak. The only game they lost was an 8-7 to seven ball game. More often than not, it sounds really, really simple, but this team's pitching is actually, I have confidence in this team's pitching to put this team in a position to win. Last night, 
once again, you don't get the world's greatest start out of Zach Wheeler. He goes six innings, allows four runs, throws 95 pitches. And by the way, he's on track to obliterate, you know, his, the amount of pitches and innings he's ever thrown in a single season. And we're just at tonight at midnight, the calendar will just be flipping to September. So he's likely going to set a record for the amount of arm usage he's ever gotten in a season, just because he's really been a workhorse for this team. So hopefully he doesn't get driven into the ground here, not just this season, but long-term, you know, he's signed on for a few more years here with the Philadelphia Phillies. But the time is right now to make a run at this division. The time has been now for a while, it feels like we've been saying. And when this offense comes through, the pitching is good enough. Wheeler, you know, really grinds out, had to work a lot harder in a lot of the at-bats in last night's game. But he gets through six innings, allows four runs, keeps it competitive. Connor Brogdon comes in and gives you a solid inning and a third. Archie Bradley works through two-thirds of an inning. And Jose Alvarado, who has been a roller coaster all season long, comes in for the ninth, allows a hit, walks a guy, but gets two strikeouts, gets through the inning cleanly without any runs. And the Phillies find a way to win this game. And that, you know, winning the beating the Nationals is not anything to write home about. They're usually a team that if you score runs, their offense is not that explosive. And again, their starting pitching and certainly bullpen is less than impressive. So I'm not trying to overreact to the Phillies winning a seven to four game over the Nationals. But it's almost as simple. There's a movie, uh, or there's a line in the movie Moneyball. About, you know, if we get on base, we win. If we don't get on base, we lose. And that team was built all around getting on base and finding scoring runs because you have those guys on base. Almost like the pitching on that team was a given. The bullpen on that team, the starting pitching on that team, you you had confidence in them to do their job. The X factor was the offense. And I'm not trying to compare this Phillies rotation, this Phillies bullpen to any of the all-time great rotations. You know, they don't have, you know, Barry Zito's going left and right, who I believe was on that uh, A's team back then. They don't have guys like that going every single night. This isn't the four aces type of Phillies roster. This is a roster constructed to have the starting rotation pitch competitively. They have a starting rotation right now that for the most part is keeping them competitive. They have a bullpen that is pitching, well, not anything more than, say, above average on the season. They're actually slightly below average on the season. A bullpen that you have figured out which guys can usually give you pretty reliable outings. And even if those guys get hit around a little bit, you have a few other pieces who you can turn to, again, if that bullpen is managed correctly. And I'm sitting here saying, last night is a perfect example of what I've been talking about. This team needs to score six, seven runs, even five runs on a given night and get hot here in the month of September. This can't be a case where, especially against bad teams, they're finding ways to get shut out, score one run, two runs. No more of those boring offensive nights like we had in Arizona. That will be the official nail in the coffin for this team if the bats go to sleep. And again, I get the offense that is being rolled out. You know, there are names up and down this lineup who I didn't think would be starting uh, in the middle of a pennant race, quite frankly, in the middle middle of a divisional race with the Braves as they're only three and a half games back and three games back of a wild card spot on the final day of August. I didn't think Freddie Galvis would be starting because I didn't think he'd be on the team. They got him. 
Uh, I did not think Jorge Bonifacio would be starting for this team. I didn't think Ronald Torres would even be on the team. I didn't think Matt Verling would be on the team. And I didn't think Rafael Marchand would be starting for, I think it's either the third or fourth night in a row as this team's starting catcher. And I didn't think Matt Moore would still be starting games, quite frankly, at this point in the season. But this is the cards they've been dealt. And if this lineup, and hopefully they get some guys back here, you know, Naps on the COVID IL, he hasn't done much offensively for this team. Although I've been overly critical of a guy like Didi Gregorius, you know, to get him back from paternity leave. Now Travis Jankowski is on paternity leave. They could use some of these bats back in the lineup. You now have Brad Miller playing a lot more first base because Reese Hoskins is out for the season. There's guys down left and right. I get it. I honestly do. If this team scores runs, if it, it's really simple. This team is scoring above their expected runs, four, five, more so six, seven runs a game. This team will be just fine in keeping them some keeping themselves competitive until the very end. I truly believe that. I don't think the Braves, I, I think they'll win the majority of the games they're playing in. I don't think the Braves, while they've been good and certainly better, and it seems like they've rope-a-doped the hell out of this division thus far, I don't think they're good enough where they would run, run away the division if the Phillies hold up their end of the bargain and continue to score runs. I still don't think they're a playoff team. I still don't think the Phillies are good enough to maintain that, to be perfectly clear. Certainly looking at the lineup they have now, and I think you, the loss of Reese Hoskins is certainly important and critical for this team. But scoring runs is the X factor for this team the remainder of the season. And it's not something I thought I'd be saying at the beginning of the year for a team that was supposed to and was, frankly, designed to be built around offense. More Locked on Phillies coming right up. But first, I have to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors by now, there are so many delicious flavors. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. There's coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. And you know what? My favorite flavor, it's definitely that cookies and cream. So give that a try if you trust my taste buds. If you don't, get, get all the flavors. You can get that mix box. That might be the way to go, honestly. You get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Go to Built.com, use that promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, go to Built.com, use that promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. One last time, Built.com, LOCK15 for 15% off your first order of Built Bars. Getting into last night's game, as I promised, we will you know, recap the game here. Top of the first inning, the offense making a statement. First of all, I don't know why you'd pitch to Bryce Harper right now. Seems like the guy in the lineup you'd most be wanting to avoid, and certainly with no safety net in the current Phillies offensive lineup structure. I'm surprised that he's getting anything to hit. Josiah Gray goes after him. Harper makes him pay. He said after the game that he feels like the best player in the world when he steps into Nationals Park. We know that Bryce Harper loves playing in D.C., loves returning to D.C. He's got something to prove every time he goes he goes down there, frankly. Of course, he played there for years. They won the World Series the year after he leaves. He's got a chip on his shoulder every time he steps into the batter's box at Nationals Park. And right now, he's in an MVP race, so certainly heightened expectations and heightened probably you know expectations from himself, extra pressure being put on himself. He's been doing this his entire life since he was 16. He's been 
hitting in what he feels like those type of moments, certainly something to prove every time he goes down to D.C. So he starts the Phillies off with a two-run home run to deep right field. That scored Odubel Herrera. Nice when uh, Harper homers with someone on base, by the way. Freddie Galvis hit into a fielder's choice uh, before the inning was up. Quick 3-0 lead for the Phillies. Nationals haven't even gone to bat yet. Bottom of the second inning, Zach Wheeler got into some trouble. He allowed a Lane Thomas single and Adrian Sanchez fielder's choice that cut the lead to 3-2. Ronald Torrey is coming up big. Seems like we're saying that a lot uh, throughout the course of this season. He triples to deep left field, was nearly an inside-the-park home run. Uh, he got held up at third, but Bryce Harper, Brad Miller, and Freddie Galvis all come around to score. Stand-up triple for Ronald Torres. That made it 6-2. Bottom of the third inning, Carter Keboom, who had a couple of hits in this game. He homers, solo shot, made it 6-3. Top of the fifth inning, Brad Miller, who is going to get a lot more playing time down the stretch of the season here. Whether he's ready for it or not, always good when he comes through. He homers to deep right center field with a shot. Top of the That was in the top of the fifth, made it 7-3. Bottom of the fifth inning, Juan Soto scored on a wild pitch. Again, Zach Wheeler finishes this game. Six innings, four runs allowed on five hits, four walks, 95 pitches. Pitch count got up there. His ERA officially climbs north of the three marker. Uh, so not the best stretch of starts here for Zach Wheeler. But again, good enough. Whether it's him or any of the other guys in this rotation and the bullpen, picking up the slack and holding opposing teams to three, four, five runs. If the offense can come through, you kind of feel like, or at least I kind of feel like you know what you're getting from this team on a lot of nights and that if they could just use that as the approach. Uh, you know, I actually heard, I remember it's about a month or two ago, Jimmy Rollins on the broadcast saying that they would go into games just assuming they need to score six, seven runs. They wouldn't even worry about whoever was pitching on the mound, but they just assumed that the other team was going to score four or five. They need to score six or seven. If it's that kind of mentality that's necessary for this Phillies team to get over the hump, it's, they're probably going to need to score, you know, again, over that five, six, seven runs mark here down the stretch of the season. And it's a really simplistic way of looking at it, but I do think it's what's necessary if this Phillies team wants to have a chance to make it to the postseason. Josiah Gray for the Nationals, as I mentioned, not a great start for him either, even worse than Wheeler's four innings. Seven hits, six runs, three walks, four strikeouts. He only gets through 83 pitches before Dave Martinez turns it over to their bullpen, who had to eat five innings. Bullpen actually only allowed one run, but the Phillies scoring too much for the Nationals in this game. So the final score, 7-4. Again, if you look around the league, the Dodgers had a 5-0 lead, and you might have gone to bed with that Dodgers 5-0 lead, saying they'll hold it. Braves did make it interesting late. It made it 5-3. They scored two runs in the sixth. One run in the seventh, there was a Jorge, they were all home runs, a Jorge Soler home run, a Freddie Freeman home run, and an Adam Duvall home run. But the Braves is running out of time. Dodgers, one of the best teams in all of baseball. They win that by a score of 5-3. to three. Phillies pull within three and a half games of that National League East, uh, which, you know, can't believe that it's still, it feels like they shouldn't be in this position because there is no excuse, as I've mentioned many times, for this Phillies team to not win the National League East because they had the lead in early August and now they're struggling to claw their way back. But they are in position. They are within striking distance, if you will, uh, with one day left in the month of August before the calendar flips to September. Taking a look at the wild card, as I mentioned, Phillies only three games back. A few more teams they would have to jump. The Cincinnati Reds currently hold that spot. The Padres half game back of them. Cardinals two and a half back. Phillies three games back. Some more teams you got to jump. That's why I think it's harder once you're focused on like three other teams losing in a given night to pick up ground. Also, getting in as the fifth wild card spot to play a one game playoff 
in Dodger Stadium or in San Francisco. I mean, as fun as a one-game playoff with Gabe Kapler and the San Francisco Giants would be. Not exactly where I want the Phillies to be and end their playoff drought with just a one-game round that didn't even did not even exist the last time the Phillies made the playoffs. That's how long it's been. The last time the Phillies made the postseason, 2011, the wild card game did not exist. Uh, that got put in in 2012. So it's been a while. If I have not made that clear uh, over the past few weeks and really throughout the course of the season, it's been a while since the Phillies have been to the postseason. I'd like to see them actually play in a division series. Only way to do that is by winning the National League East. It's still possible. I don't think it's probable. I'm not predicting that it will happen. I'm, in fact, predicting that it won't happen. But if I'm looking at any reason for optimism, or if you want some reason for optimism, that is how you should be looking at this. The final segment of today's Locked on Phillies coming right up, where we're just going to hit on tonight's lineup, and because it is a lineup that feels like years from now, we will be looking at it and saying, wow, I can't believe that team was that close to making the playoffs at that point, at least statistically three and a half games out of the division, three games out of the wild card. I'll give you tonight's lineup and kind of what to watch for in tonight's game on the other side. But first, I have to tell you about betonline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes, they're now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th NFL season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure when you sign up, use the promo code Locked On so they know we sent you. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to get all of your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That, mean, that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. The best part, there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content, it varies by package. Really quick running through tonight's lineup. So leading off playing shortstop Freddie Galvis, batting second at second base Gene Segura, batting third in right field. It's the Phillies MVP candidate and just flat out best player by a moonshot right now is Bryce Harper, batting fourth in left field Andrew McCutcheon. Batting fifth in center field, Jorge Bonifacio. Batting sixth at third base, Ronald Torres. Batting seventh at first base, Matt Verling. Batting eighth behind the plate, Rafael Marchand. And batting ninth behind them, or not behind, on the mound, it is Matt Moore. Not exactly the Phillies' best lineup they've had this season. Not, not exactly, right? Look, you're down a few ducks at first base. Hoskins is out. Brad Miller has been playing some time there. They bring up Matt Verling. 
uh, add him to the roster today with Jankowski going the paternity list. So he gets the start at first base. Ronald Torres, who just needs to be in the lineup every single day, and I still can't believe it. He put together some of the worst at-bats I feel like I had ever seen back in April, and he has really developed into one of the biggest storylines of the Philly season. So he starts at third. You don't have your regular starting shortstop in Didi Gregorius, so they go to Freddie Galvis, who I think should, you know, certainly defensively an upgrade over Didi. And I just think Didi has been very unimpressive at the plate this year. That contract has been a disaster thus far, a two-year contract that we'll see how the Phillies play at this offseason in terms of addressing the shortstop class that is coming up. That's a discussion for another day. You have Jorge Bonifacio in center field because they can't give the nod to Jankowski. They decide to go away from Odubel Herrera. So there's moving, and of course you have Rafael Marchand because JT Romuto is still injured, keeping out of him out of the lineup. Thought maybe they'd go back to him at first base, but he's clearly unable to play at the moment. Knapp is on the paternity list. They're down to the third string catcher. And Matt Moore, probably the starter you feel the least great about. Now, the good news is they're going up against Patrick Corbin, who has been dreadful this season, uh, ERA over six, coming in with a 6.09 ERA to be exact. He's coming off an outing against the Marlins where he went just three innings allowed six runs. Uh, the last time he faced the Phillies uh, was back on August 3rd in a game against uh, in Nationals Park, actually. That was during the winning streak where he went seven innings allowed four runs in the game the Phillies won. His ERA has even climbed further north since then. He had a six-inning five-run performance, a four-and-two-thirds six-run performance. Has not been uh, an especially good year. It's actually been an especially bad year for Patrick Corbin. So not a great Phillies lineup, not a great Phillies pitcher on the mound tonight, but they are going up against someone uh, who, if they can hit anyone, you would like to think it's Patrick Corbin. If they can get any damage going against any team or get away with maybe some mistakes, some poor play, just lack of offense in general. Hopefully it's against the Washington Nationals again this game at 7.05 tonight. And I'll be more motivated to, uh, you know, tune into Braves-Dodgers, especially if the Phillies win. But either way, that, that game will be coming up at the conclusion, basically, of the Phillies and Nationals. And cer- certainly something to keep an eye on as the Phillies win and the Dodgers find a way to win again, as has happened last night. The Phillies could find themselves as close as two and a half games back in the division. Of course, that could go the other way too. A loss and a Braves win would result in four and a half games back in the division. Exciting times in uh, in baseball. Philly's going to keep it interesting to the end. It's been a roller coaster of a season. They got a little bit of a winning streak here going. Uh, four games, a five-game streak of scoring seven runs exactly, not even or more, seven runs exactly. So that's a little weird. We'll see how many runs they score tonight uh, with this different lineup, certainly a lineup that I think has been one of the most notable and one of the least likely combinations of players that we've seen all season. In fact, I will say it is the least likely combination of players we've seen all season. But this is the uh, the dog days of August, as they say, the last dog day of August. And this is the the beauty and the curse sometimes of a long Major League Baseball season. you got 162 games to get to. They all count just the same. And if you want to be a good team that is consistently making runs and actually making your way into the postseason, you need to be good in these situations. So another big night tonight. Phillies ha- are coming to the game with a record. I'll give you the, the record uh, check. 67 and 64. So three games above 500. They were a game below when this winning streak started. They've actually found a way to get back to 500 and jump a few games. North of that, they have, if I'm doing the math correctly here, I believe it's 31. No, 
Yes, 31 games uh, remaining because they have played 131 and 162 games uh, in the Major League Baseball season. So 31 games remaining, one in August, the entire month of September, and then a final weekend in October. So going to be interesting. Hopefully they can make up a little bit more ground here on the Braves while they're playing a not great team. The, the Braves are out in L.A. Should be a more difficult series for them. But uh, once again, a, a big night for the Phils. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, also on the Odyssey app. And make sure you're following me on Twitter at Dan underscore Wilson 4 and the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Phillies. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.